Oh man, it was it was so great seeing Graham. I'm I'm so glad that he stopped by. I love that guy. Like it it just wouldn't be Christmas without him. It really wouldn't. Yeah, he's I mean, my best friend. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know it, but <laughs> but we're best friends. You're his best stalker. <laughs> uh, so here's the crazy thing. That's the first of many guests that we have as we are well into this Christmas spectacular. I think at this point, the thing making it adequate is that it's too damn long. It's pretty long, yeah. And I still, I don't know, man. I still don't know if we found the true meaning of Christmas, Christmas movies. We have barely scratched the surface. Uh, But, you know, I I really, I'm really glad that Graham started bringing up some of those Christmas horror movies, especially Krampus, because, like, Christmas horror is one of my traditions. Like, I always end up watching Christmas horror movies. Uh, You got Krampus and Better Watch Out, which we just talked about, Mm. and... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Gremlins, Gremlins, Santa's Sleigh, Home Alone. Like there's just there is so many good Christmas horror movies. And obviously I have uh, just a huge love for horror movies. And and the Halloween and Christmas are two of my favorite times of year, which I, I love the fact that like four months of the year, it's just like I I'm just this little kid like, yay, I get to be scared. Yay, Christmas. <laughs> yay, I love it. <laughs> it all goes back to being a kid. Yeah, when horror was at its, would Christmas and horror both most effective. Yeah, well, it's playing on just such strong emotions of fear and love. And I don't know, I, I love horror movies. I love Christmas movies. And when a Christmas horror movie gets it right, it is just mm, pure magic. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think, first of all, like, there's just a fun kind of contrasting aesthetic to where, like, oh, it's Christmas and it's happy and joyful and fun and everybody, everything is wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year, except it's not and here's a bunch of people being murdered or whatever, like gremlins running around the town, like, causing chaos or something. So, like, I think that, like that's pretty fun where they take something that should make you feel safe and then use it as a backdrop for something that's a little more sinister and like it's a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, especially because I mean like a little while ago you were saying some of the most effective Christmas movies are the ones that have that darker aspect Mm -hmm. that make you like really appreciate Christmas. I mean, even though there are some Christmas movies that are just fun all the way through even like the most fun Christmas movie, even Arthur Christmas, it's like, oh my God, Christmas might not happen for this one person mm-hmm. and like their life is going to be ruined because like Santa isn't going to exist and like the North Pole is literally having a meltdown and like even though it's played very tongue in cheek, there's some genuine things at stake in Arthur Christmas and like movies where everything is happy the entire time, somehow it doesn't it doesn't work. Like you almost need a little bit of that low to then fully appreciate that Christmas joy. So yeah, the Christmas horror movies like they lean full tilt into that. Yeah, no, that's like see, I think that's what that's what I love about horror movies is the way that it exposes the like underlying fears and the darker side of life. And I feel like. A lot of pe- it's not something that people really talk about a lot because it's not something people want to talk about. But like, there is a really like a definite dark side to the holidays that, especially for people like you and I, you know, like we. I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for you, but for me, like, I just love Christmas so much, and 
like I don't really think about how tough it is for a lot of people who've you know lost loved ones or who maybe can't afford to give their children the Christmas that they feel their kids deserve and like so like I, I can imagine that for those people like seeing all these representations of Christmas in the media and like thinking I should be happy and smiling and surrounded by my loved ones and like have food and gifts and it should be wonderful. But like, what if you don't have that? Like how must that feel to see all of that and be like, I I can't have that. Yeah. I God, I don't remember because you know, sometimes my brain stops working. I don't remember if this is something that you and I talked about on the podcast, out of the podcast, if I heard someone else talking about it, if I was talking about it um, with some of my film club students, I can't remember because you know me. I talk about movies like literally all the time. <laughs> Jess is just like, oh my God, shut up about movies already. Um, but but I was talking to someone and they were saying that, nope, I do remember. It was uh, one of my film club students. She was talking about how you know, like Santa is amazing and awesome. And if she has or ever has kids, like she is not going to tell them that Santa doesn't exist, but Santa brings you the little crap. Santa does not bring you your big presence because like exactly what you were saying. What if there's a kid out there who like genuinely believes in Santa and for Christmas they get, uh, I, I don't know, like a single action figure. Mm hmm. And their friend in class comes back like, oh, man, Santa brought me an Xbox One. Yeah, no, I used to have this like I had this exact experience as a kid because my neighbors like for Christmas, they got like a PlayStation 3, which at the time was like 600 bucks. Yeah. And they got like four wheelers and all this other crazy crap. And they're like, yeah, look what Santa brought us. I'm like, what the fuck did I do that makes Santa hate me? So right? much? Like, why didn't I get this cool stuff? Like, yeah, like if Santa brings bad kids coal. Like where on the coal to coal to four wheeler spectrum am I? I was gonna say something else that was like so not appropriate for kids, so I'm glad that you jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where on the scale of uh, it, we'll we'll go with crappy movie. Where on the scale of coal to Turbo Kid or Turbo Man action figure? <laughs> like where? What is the scale of good and bad? Yeah. And if Santa brings you one. G.I. Joe's don't exist anymore but like if Santa brings you one Star Wars figure and like that's it like does that mean that you were a good kid or a really bad kid and yeah like if you're trying to gauge what did I do am I good am I bad am I following all of these rules if you did the best that you possibly knew how to do and Santa which you are told this is the thing that is rewarding you for doing good if you barely get a reward like where's your motivation to not be a horrible kid it was like whatever i was great it uh going back to one of the movies we already talked about with christmas vacation where um oh i forget the the cousin eddie's daughter's name but when clark's talking to her and she's like um i think that scene is a load of bull um we've been good all year long and we ain't got jack yeah and it's just like yeah, if you're a kid who believes in Santa and you don't get anything, why why be good? And Well, it's funny cuz when I was a kid and I was like witnessing all of this stuff, like I feel like that was the beginning of me 
like not believing in Santa Claus anymore is realizing like, oh, well, maybe it was just that his parents used their own money because I knew that their family had a lot, ha- yeah. like had a lot of money. So it was like, I mean, I, I feel like maybe it's just their parents have bought them this and said it came from Santa Claus. And it's like, so that's something I try to be aware of when I give my kids gifts from Santa Claus is it's like, you don't want to go too extravagant with it because who knows what other parents are able to do. Right. Yeah. And so, so I really like, you know, that piece in terms of sometimes Christmas is really dark. You even mentioned it when talking about It's a Wonderful Life. That movie starts with some dude, I'm going to commit suicide. Yeah, contemplating suicide. Yeah. Like it's that a pretty is, dark movie at times. Yeah. The entire movie is I want to die. All right, cool. Let's look at what the world would be like if you were dead. And like, can you, again, imagine that in a realistic setting or like a horror setting of that? Just what would life <laughs> be like without you? Everybody's happy. <laughs> All right. Well bye guess i'm gonna kill myself now yeah like <laughs> we joke about it because we find humor and horror <laughs> because sometimes the only way to deal with life is to laugh through it but like those are traditional and like classic christmas movies so then going even darker with it again like well home alone but i'd say that half jokingly half serious um but yeah like gremlins Sure, the gremlins are part of what makes it a horror movie, but also uh, Phoebe Cates' story about how she found out that Santa Claus isn't real. It's so crazy. Yeah. That's the reason why I will never show my kids gremlins until after they no longer believe in Santa Claus, because like it would be... It would be terrible to show your kids that movie. Yeah. Like as much as I love it and as want and as much as I want to share it with them, I'm just like, man, that's that especially that like even more than a lot of the violence and carnage, that scene is so disturbing. Now, I will say this. When I was a kid, um I I didn't notice because it was a slow part in the movie. You don't so, pay attention. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, but God, oh, they, whatever, they're talking, I don't care. We'll get back to the grumbles. It's crazy because it's like they're talking about smelling his burning corpse and stuff it's like yeah. good god man who thought this was a good idea i mean joe it's a, dante is who because i freaking love joe dante he's, he's awesome <laughs> but no it is one of those things where like watching it as an adult it's like jesus this movie gets dark yeah uh you, you got um you, you got a christmas horror story which even though i don't think that that is the best christmas horror movie it's got a lot of the Christmas joy and like what brings people together and also a lot of the fears of what takes them away from each other. Uh, have you seen a Christmas horror story? I have the, not. It's, it's an anthology. I think it's on Shudder. I've got the Blu-ray. You can borrow it. Okay. Um, some of the story, it's anthology. So, you know, like all anthologies, it's hit or miss. Hit or miss. The, the, the biggest complaint that I have with it is that doesn't stick with one story it jumps back and forth between all of them that's weird and so it makes the segments feel like they are much longer in time than they really are but there's one segment that is just great because you have santa fighting krampus oh that sounds awesome but there is another story that it like it is heartbreaking especially now as a dad like i i I honestly hadn't even thought about this segment in a Christmas horror story until literally right now. But there is one segment involving a kid and like it, it hurts me a little bit to think about it. It is just so good. So definitely be avoiding that movie this holiday season. No, watch it. (laughs) Watch it because you will never let your kids go ever again. Oh God, it's terrifying. 
Uh, but not not scary, terrifying, heartbreaking, terrifying. Okay, so yeah, definitely, definitely something that's gonna get me. I'm sure. Sounds yeah. like you are probably going to cry. Yeah, I, I, I cry very easily because that's my goal. And <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is to get you to cry. <laughs> uh, what what were some other Christmas horror movies that? What what about this? Like, what makes a Christmas horror movie a good Christmas horror movie? Because it needs to have the Christmas element and the horror element. It can't just be a slasher in a Santa suit, even though sometimes those are amazing. Um, I mean, I feel like, I mean, you can add in all of the aesthetic elements like Christmas trees and lights and all that good stuff that. But I don't necessarily think that makes a good Christmas horror movie. I feel like a good Christmas horror movie would operate on two levels. Either you watch the movie and you and it's like, yeah, Christmas kind of sucks sometimes, but like I should be grateful for what I have because it could be so much worse. It could be right. like whatever is happening in this movie. Or it could kind of exist and it's like, you know what? Yeah, Christmas can really be hard, but like at least I'm not alone and that there are other people who are suffering through this as much as I am. Sure. So like I feel like those are kind of the good and bad spectrum. Like one is the Christmas horror movie with a happy-ish ending and the other one is a Christmas horror movie where they're basically the two different interpretations of the ending of Krampus. Sure. I kind of feel like that's where like that would be the ultimate goal of Christmas horror movies like what the kind of themes are of those movies that make them Christmassy yeah like I I would say very very similar to that like to hit both the Christmas and the horror it needs to have the Christmas spirit in terms Mm -hmm. of love and family and um, just togetherness and and giving and just all of these things that bring people together during Christmas all of the Kind of like all of the morals that you get at the end of a Hallmark Christmas movie where it's like, oh, I don't care about the fact that I didn't get a pony. At least I have you, dad. You know, like all of those kinds of things, which are so just cheesy, but also sometimes really heartwarming. Yeah. Um, You know, like the, the other traditional Christmas movies that we've been talking about where it has all of that fun and togetherness and just happiness. Hits the Christmas side. The horror side of that is, and you might lose all of this. Yeah. Where it, like, to me, they have to go hand in hand. Like, there has to be the the happiness of Christmas and the horror of, but what if this gets taken away from you? Yeah. Because if it's... Fleeting. Yeah, because if it's just a slasher movie that happens to take place at Christmas... Like, sometimes you kind of get that, but it typically ends up just being a a slasher movie that, oh, hey, by the way, it takes place at Christmas. Um, And, like, there's so many Christmas movies, and horror movies are the quote-unquote easiest movies to do, just because everyone thinks that they can do them, just throw some blood on the screen, and hey, you got a horror movie. They're the cheapest to make. Right. But they're so hard to do really well, which is part of why, you know, you and I love horror so much, why we spend so much time analyzing it is because good horror has so much more depth to it and so much more that you can really get out of it. It's part of the reason why I had a hard time embracing horror to begin with because I feel like in the beginning I was exposed to a lot of the crap. Yeah. So it's like, man, I don't I don't like horror movies, but then you hit on some really good ones. It's like, oh, no, it's a fantastic genre and there's so much to dive into. It's just, it's so hard to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, because like, you really have to care about those characters. I mean... 
we've talked about this a little bit before, and some of our guests have definitely talked about it, that relationship between horror and, and humor where it kind of takes these parts of life that maybe like very real parts of life that either aren't always on the forefront or they're things that I don't know, maybe it's a little bit taboo to talk about and it presents it in such a way where it's like, no, you have to address this. I mean, like think about some of the best stand-up comics. They're not the ones who just tell jokes. They're the ones who are like, here is pain in real life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a joke out of it. First off to make you uncomfortable, not because of the pain, but because you're laughing at the pain and to get you to really think about, wait a second, why am I laughing at someone else's pain? I feel uncomfortable, but it's also really funny. And like, I don't think that people go through that much active analysis of stand-up comics. I do because I'm weird. But I really think that that's part of what makes, like again, comedy so effective mm-hmm. is when it really forces the issue. Same thing with horror. If it's just a slasher, and yeah, dying sucks and it's scary, <laughs> but like... I, I don't know. It's the ones that I'm mean, even going back to our 60 days of Halloween because we're never going to escape that. <laughs> the The first two weeks that we did weren't scary. They were just utterly terrifying because of that fear of like a genuine. If this happened to me, my life would be over. Yeah, I wouldn't be just, dead. It would just be. They're draining. Yeah. And and good Christmas horror, I feel like, does that. It doesn't necessarily jump scare you. It presents all of this joy and happiness that you should find in Christmas and then sucks it away. Yep. To make you even more appreciative of what little you have. Exactly. 100% agree. Well, and so here's another weird thing. And I talked about this last year. Not weird, but here's another thing. <laughs> Christmas and horror go hand in hand. Like Oh yeah, they totally do. They they really really do. Yeah. I mean, even go back to what is one of the most classic Christmas stories? Like when you think Christmas within the top five, what's one of the things that you think of? Die Hard. God. I'm just kidding. Yes. A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> yes, That's what Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard's pretty, t- pretty horrifying. Read the if you freaking think about. cue card. <laughs> A Christmas Carol. Like you don't think Christmas without thinking Christmas Carol. That entire movie is ghosts and death and like scariness and grief and yeah, yeah, scaring people into being good. Yes, which is kind of what Christmas is really all about. <laughs> he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, so straighten the hell up or you're getting a lump of coal for Christmas. So like, that's the true meaning of Christmas is frightening children into being good. Exactly. That's, uh, what, that's what all all morals and religion and christmas and all all things basically boil down to we're gonna scare the shit out of kids so that they will turn into decent human beings right so with a christmas carol being like a classic you know this is not only very traditionally a great christmas movie but also again hand in hand the entirety of the story and how scrooge changes is because of ghosts let's talk about what the best christmas carol is And just like with Santa, we're not going to talk about all of them. We're narrowing it down to five so we can use this (laughs) again in the future. So we have Muppets Christmas Carol, Scrooged with Bill Murray, uh, the Black Adder. I think it's Black Adder Adder Holiday Special, I think, um, with Rowan Atkinson, Mickey's Christmas Carol, and Scrooge from 1935 with Seymour Hicks. Um, So, yeah, just like 
because everyone knows the story of a Christmas Carol. Um, but uh, but but yeah, just quickly, because we do things quickly, <laughs> always. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, let, let's go through and uh, and talk about them a little bit. So Muppets, what are the pros and cons in regards to a Christmas Carol and Scrooge and also, since we're talking about it during the horror section, the effectiveness of the uh, the spirits. Um, Michael Caine is a fantastic Scrooge, and the reason why he works so well is because he plays it totally straight, despite the fact that he is surrounded by puppets. I love that about this movie, that he is still Ebenezer Scrooge. He does not acknowledge the fact that every other character in the movie is a felt puppet Muppet. Like, I, I just love that about it. I just love that about all of the Muppet movies. I know, it's so great, but it it, it just works so well with this movie, I think. And, like, Michael Caine, he's really good at being, like, the jerk version of Scrooge, but there's just something about him that's immediately sympathetic that kind of gets you on his side to where, like, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a jerk, but he has potential. Like, he could be a good person. You get that really early on in the movie, I think. Even though, like, you kind of hate him, you're rooting for him to be a good person. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that, again, is that because it's like, dude, why are you going to be an asshole to all these, like, cute, adorable little Muppets? <laughs> like, dude. They, they don't have souls. But, <laughs> uh, oh, God. It, even, I also love that uh, he is a great angry Scrooge. He is also an amazing happy Scrooge. He is, yeah. Like he, it's it's hard to do both. I think for a lot of people, and he does it. Like he nails that balance beautifully. Yeah. And I think that he, like with the uh, the plot point where he is with the ghost of Christmas past, and he's seeing, um, you know, like his the love of his life that he lost. Like, I think with him more than just about any other Scrooge I've ever seen, like that is very, um, that's a very emotional scene. Like it's the one that I think is the most heartbreaking. Yeah. Like it is so sad to see him just like have to relive this pain again. Well, especially because like that one really draws out the, like they've been having trouble for a while. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a lot of the other versions just kind of like show one snippet and it's like, Oh, now she's gone. But like, you didn't get enough of their relationship to actually care. Yeah. But with this one, even though you don't see a ton, that scene, especially the extended version that has the song, which I didn't love the song when I was a kid, but I kind of do now. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, by the end of it, it's just like, oh my God, I'm so, so sad because I, I can see their relationship and you see that it's been failing for years because he's been focusing on the business rather than on on his family which is as we sit here podcasting for hours yep just like oh right <clears throat> i feel terrible <laughs> uh the the ghosts i think are great the ghosts of christmas past they do the same effect that they did in poltergeist with that one giant skeleton yeah yeah it is the same isn't it yeah where it's a muppet inside of a thing of water you know it's pretty weird because um i honestly think that the ghost of christmas past is the creepiest of all of the ghosts in all of these movies and normally it's like the scary one is the ghost of christmas yet to come but this one's super creepy the way that they do that part of the reason why is uh and if you watch it with the commentary they talk about this like they have a muppet in water the muppet is falling apart so like by the end oh like she's starting to fall apart a little bit <laughs> because they just can't 
uh, like they can't keep her as um, they can't keep her in as good a quality. So like that's why she's starting to look kind of funky by the end. Dude, this is just this just made it even more disturbing. <laughs> it's so it's so creepy. Uh, but yeah, like the effect that they use on her is amazing. Um, I love the fact that they have a full size Muppet for the Ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like human sized. Yeah, and well, the, bigger than human sized. The uh, the song that they sing, um, everywhere that you find love, it feels like Christmas. Like I cannot go a single Christmas without like at least singing that to myself. I love that song so much. It's a good, the songs are really great overall, and I love uh, I love that Marley is is. Um, it's Marley and Marley. It's yeah. not just the just the Jacob Marley. It's a uh, it's the two are, old guys. Yeah, it's the two old guys. Um, I can't think uh, of their Statler names. and Waldorf. Stat, yeah, Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. Like that's just so much fun. Like, and that's such a. It's one of my favorite songs in the entire movie. Is the Marley and Marley song. Yeah, I find myself singing along to that one all the time. I the the tis the season to be jolly and joyless, joy, joyous, jo- joyless, <laughs> joyless. <laughs> Especially when Kermit has Tiny Tim. Oh, just like so oh god it's so good the the ghost of christmas yet to come is terrifying it, with long spindly fingers and just yeah oh it's so creepy. creepy uh one of the best things about the muppet version it is so true to the actual story like it is it, it might be the most true to the classic of all the ones we're going to talk yeah, about yeah oddly enough it's yeah um and and the ghosts are kind of terrifying they really are yeah, totally agree. We there's a lot more that we probably could say about all of these movies, but we still have a lot more for you to listen to, which is why we're not talking <laughs> as long on this. Uh, Scrooged, Scrooged, man. So I haven't seen this movie a whole lot in my lifetime, and the the last time I watched it was like maybe a month ago, and it's the first time in a while that I'd watched it. Um, it's Bill Murray. I mean. You can't really go wrong with Bill Murray. There is this kind of inherent likability to him, but gosh, man, he is such a dick. <laughs> he is so hateable in this movie. He is so over the top, too. Like, man, he just is he devours the scenery in this movie. Like, he is on an he everybody else in the movie is like, I feel like behind the scenes they're just like, dude, what movie are we in? Like everybody <laughs> else is is taking it like pretty seriously, I guess, like being kind of down to earth with their characters. Bill Murray is just, I don't even, he is on another planet with how big the performance is in this movie. Like yeah. he goes for it. God, he is so good. Um, th- There's a ton of horror in this one. You have Marley, who's like a zombie. Oh, that yeah. has like great. a rat pushing a golf ball out of his skull yeah you have he unwraps his little uh his little thing too unless his jaw kind of hang down which is creepy and I don't, I don't think they do that in any of the other ones you've uh got him holding bill murray out of the window and his zombie arms fall apart and he falls down like all out of a skyscraper you've got the ghost of christmas past who uh is that like super creepy looking cabbie dude yeah who like he is terrifying like it's really why would you ever want to get into a cab with him <clears throat> Christmas present you have um oh why am I forgetting her name she's a d- adorable little d- d- comedian oh god I feel so terrible that I've forgotten her name um Bernadette Peters yeah that's it Bernadette Peters and even though she's like the brightest and peppiest she is violent no way she's it's Carol Kane oh sorry sorry Carol Kane not Bernadette Peters I yeah uh yeah Carol Kane um 
she is violent like she's kicking him in the nuts and punching him in the face <laughs> and so even the brightest one is still kind of mean uh the ghost of future ghost of christmas yet to come with all those weird little oh, people man, inside of him. Creepy. It's so weird. And then by the end, Bill Murray is in a casket burning alive. You have Bobcat Goldthwait uh, coming my back in. He is favorite part <laughs> of this shotgun. movie. I love Bobcat Goldthwait in this movie. So, oh my God, I love him. So much. It's amazing when he's, he's going through shooting the shotgun. Scrooge, Holy crap, it's awesome. Scrooge is absolutely one of my, I watch it every single year. Uh, movies um the fact that they are putting on a live production of a christmas carol so like it's there's a fun little wrinkle yeah and like it. it's just so meta yeah technically screw uh technically scrooge is played by buddy hackett and yes. not by not by bill murray bill murray is uh what's his name something cross frank cross yeah i guess i don't, I don't know because he's got that little thing in his in his uh, office that says like the definition of a cross is like something to be nailed onto or something <laughs> like it's really funny but yeah there oh my god it is it is probably the scariest of these just in terms of like I, I feel like they lean the most into you know what a Christmas Carol is kind of terrifying let's put some actual horror to it because if you saw a ghost trying to scare you into being a better person, it wouldn't just be like, oh, come with me. Life is going to be wonderful. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, change your life or you're going to be rotting like I am. Do it. Change now. Yeah. Like, it's it, good. It'd be so much more terrifying. Uh, it, it's hilarious. It's so good. All right. Black Adder. Black Adder. Man, this one is super <laughs> funny, too. Holy crap. I've, I've never seen any of the Black Adder stuff before until now um but man yeah rowan atkinson is so great and it's it's an inversion on the scrooge tale where it's like oh the ghost is going to show you how to be like how he, being selfish will help you get ahead in life well he's already so giving. he's already uh, very altruistic and it's like he's being taken advantage of by everybody in town like he's just giving away everything he has he gave away all of his profit for the day he's giving away his his thanksgiving turkey or his <laughs> he's giving away his, his thanksgiving his turkey, christmas yes. turkey <laughs> which is already pretty like pretty pretty tiny to begin with um so like he starts off as a good person and then you've got hagrid robbie coltrane <laughs> as the ghost there's only one ghost in this one so it'll be pretty easy to talk about but man it's robbie coltrane who's hagrid and he's still kind of basically just hagrid and it's it's just he's so I don't know. Like he's just so good humored and cheerful, despite the fact that he's telling uh, Ebenezer Blackadder to be a total jerk, and it's it's a lot of fun. And then the ghost of Christmas yet, or the the future version of this is what your life would be like. It is so far in the future, it's, yeah, way in the future, and it is just so ridiculous and outlandish. It is hilarious. Like this might be one of my favorite versions just because I adore Rowan Atkinson and most people know him from Bean or uh, playing Zazu from mm. Lion King. And like that's about it, which is a shame because he is a great, great actor. He really is. And like seeing him not as f funny, quiet, bumbling Mr. Bean, but as a, you know, <laughs> a much more 
intentionally sardonic person. I, it's just great. I love him. Yeah, he's so awesome. Uh, all right, Mickey's Christmas Carol. How long has it been since you've seen this one? It has it's, been years since I've watched it it's in its entirety. It's been a while. I had the book and I read that a lot too, like just a little storybook. Um, it's been a good while since I've seen it, but I still remember it fairly well, I think. Um, so you've got Scrooge McDuck as Scrooge, obviously. Yeah. You have Mickey I love, Mouse. I love that Scrooge McDuck is still Scrooge McDuck in like DuckTales and stuff. <laughs> right. like they just carry him over as Scrooge. Like it's so funny. Uh, you've got Mickey Mouse as Bob Cratchit. You've got Goofy as um, Marley. It's so weird to see Goofy as such a like intense character. <laughs> Going back and forth between really intense and then just being Goofy. Right. And falling, falling down the downstairs. Stairs, yeah. How does a ghost even fall downstairs? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Can walk through goofy. A, can walk through a door, but he can't manage stairs. Uh, you've got Jiminy Cricket as the ghost of Christmas past. You've got just some big bumbling goof that just trips over his words and doesn't know how to pronounce things as the ghost of Christmas present. And then uh, not Bluto, but <laughs> basically Bluto, Pete. Yeah. You got Pete as the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Who throws Scrooge into a grave of lava? Yeah, it gets pretty intense. Like it's it's interesting because typically the ghost of Christmas yet to come is presented more as like a Grim Reaper kind of character, like with the cloak and you can't see his face. Yeah, but with Pete, it's like they're just totally leaning in on the satanic imagery. Like he literally looks like a devil. Yeah, which I think is kind of an interesting interpretation of that. Well, and like. But like that's so weird is typically the ghost of Christmas yet to come, like you said, is more of the Grim Reaper where it focuses on you are eventually going to die. The Disney version, Mickey's yeah, Christmas Disney Carol, <laughs> focuses on if you don't change your ways, you are going to burn in a pit of fiery lava for all of eternity. I'm going to drag you to hell. Which, it, I mean, honestly, that's a lot scarier than just dying because Scrooge yep. is already an old man. So it's like yep. he's going to die. So I like that they take it a step further. It's like, no, you're not going to die. You're going to burn in hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the fact that you are dead. It's what your life is going to be like after you are dead. And yeah, the Disney version, like that kind of nails it pretty solidly. It does. It really does. Uh, and then finally, Scrooge from 1935 with Seymour Hicks. I really like this version of the movie. Like, I did not expect it to be as good as as it is. Uh, like, um, Seymour Hicks is easily the crankiest Scrooge of all time. Like, he is so just... And I love that he is more of a disheveled Scrooge. Like, normally, Scrooge is very, like... He's a rich guy, so he's, like, very well put together, and he's got it everything in order but no this guy like looks like somebody who has been through some shit and is just like hates everything about life yeah and it makes a lot of sense with this character because the whole point of scrooge being so cranky is it's like he's grieving the loss of his of his true love and like he has nothing so he's like constantly in pursuit of money that he doesn't really need or spend because that's the only thing that he knows and it's the only way that he can feel happy, I guess, or what he thinks. I mean, well, what he can approximate as happiness. He also is probably the uh, the best like miserly version of Scrooge. Yeah. Just in terms of like most of the other versions of Scrooge, they're rich, but you know that they're rich because like they buy nice things. Yeah. 
w- but like the way that someone stays rich is not by spending money. So like it, it's really weird that if he's so money hungry and like I need to hold on to my money, th- you're not going to spend your money. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Seymour Hicks plays a great sort of like miserly. You would think that he's poor were it not for the fact that you know he's Scrooge. Uh, so I do like that part about him because he's not even he's not even spending the money to enjoy his own life. Mm-hmm. You know, like in these other versions, you get Scrooge who like as long as you don't care about other people, they've got a good thing going like they're yeah. they've got the things to keep them in comfort. Seymour Hicks is more of just like, dude, you're not even spending your money. You're not going to take all of the money with you when you die. What are you even doing with it? Yeah, he's he's. He seems like the most tragic version of the character between these yeah. these options. Uh, I I also love how they do the ghosts. Oh man, I really really like the way that the ghosts are done in this movie. Like they feel the most thematically resonant, I think, in a way. And they're done. It's just it's a lot more subtle than yeah. in the other ones. Which I mean, I think part of it's just a it was made in 1935. They couldn't right. do a whole lot with it. But like I love that Marley. You don't ever actually see him. Like it just kind of leaves it to your imagination. You can hear the chains and you hear him speaking, but you don't have any idea what he looks like. Only Scrooge can see him. Well, but doesn't that make it's, it even more terrifying? It's so creepy. Yeah, like, it's really creepy. It leans into the ghost story and the horror aspect of it really heavily. Yeah, like if you were just sitting there and all of a sudden you heard someone talking to you, to me, I feel like that would be even more terrifying. Oh, yeah. Because like sure. if you could see a ghost, it's like, oh, yeah, you're a ghost. All right, cool. I might be hallucinating, but you're a ghost to just hear something it's like what the what the what the what it's kind of terrifying yeah and then you've got the ghost of christmas past which is just basically pure light it's like a silhouette of light which With like a pseudo shadowy person in the middle like yeah, it looks very it's pretty cool effect it and looks like an alien abduction is yeah. what it looks like and it, it's kind of creepy um and I don't know, like, I just think it's a really brilliant way and it connects with the ghost of Christmas yet to come in a way that I think is really clever. Yeah. The uh, the ghost of Christmas present is uh, very like Greek Bacchus sort of where mm. like he's got this uh, sort of the Greek Grecian wreath thing yeah. that they wore on their heads where it's very, very like eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow you die. So the ghost of Christmas present is full on living in the present. Yeah. He's chowing down. He's a pretty hefty guy. Like just very yeah. jolly. Yeah. And a lot of the other ones show them like that, but almost Santa like all almost. And maybe the Muppet one ghost of Christmas present is absolutely the most Santa like. Yeah, that's true with the big beard. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the ghost of Christmas present with Seymour Hicks, um, it's one of the only ones that actually like shows him eating and enjoying the present mm-hmm. rather than just being around the stuff. Um, and then, then the ghost of Christmas yet to come is just a shadowy figure. Like it's just, you just see the shadow of his hand, like p- going over Scrooge's face and pointing to pointing out everything. And uh-huh. I think it's pretty brilliant because of the way, like in all of the versions of this story, um, Scrooge always asks, ghost of christmas yet to come are these the shadows of things to come or are they set in stone like can these be changed and i think that's pretty brilliant because it's like you take the light from christmas past and all that you've learned over this night and then you can use that to illuminate the shadows and to wipe 
not necessarily wipe the slate clean, I guess, but to change the future through your actions, through being a good person. Yeah. Which I think is really just yeah. gets well, at the heart of the story so well. And the scene where like the shadow of the finger is coming down Scrooge's face. Uh, if you have ever had sleep paralysis, that scene is probably like going to scare the bejesus out of you. Because I, I know a few people with sleep paralysis and when they talk about it, it's not just a fun, interesting experience. It is utterly terrifying. The research that I've done on it is fascinating. It's where basically um, your mind is awake, but your body won't move. Oh, yeah. I've I've never had sleep paralysis before, but like there are moments where you're trying to wake like you're kind of in between being awake and still being kind of asleep and not being able to move very like it feels like you're kind of moving through sludge in a uh-huh. way or like. I don't know. It's really weird. I have moments like that every now and then. So I I feel like sleep paralysis is terrifying. Well, the thing that makes it even more terrifying for people who like really experience it, the reason that their mind is justifying why they can't move is like there is an oppressive presence, typically a demon sitting on their chest. And like, again, I know people who have sleep paralysis and when they talk about it, it's just like it is one of the most terrifying things ever. Because they go through it on like a nightly basis and they can't do anything about it. So yeah, when he's in bed and just the shadow is coming down his face, it's like, oh yeah, even though that's a really simple technique, still kind of terrifying because that is a thing that people who deal with sleep paralysis would probably experience and uh, probably poop their bed. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely poop definitely their bed. There was poop in that bed. Uh, all right. So where do you rank these? Again, five to one. And because we're talking about them in Christmas horror, really lean into the horror aspect of it. I mean, we can say like we did with some of the other ones, like what we think is maybe the best, but specifically where would you rank them in terms of Christmas horror Scroogeness? Um, Okay, so if I'm going with Christmas horror, then I have to put Black Adder at number five. <laughs> Because it's mostly just fun and funny and like, I mean, technically it's kind of horrifying to think about ghosts like trying to encourage you to be cynical. Like it's totally the antithesis of the holiday spirit, but he still kind of gets his comeuppance in the end. Like yeah. it still has, it still kind of is getting at the same thing. Like don't be a selfish jerk. Um, again, it's funny. It's not really scary. There's only the one ghost and he's just kind of like palling around with, with Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot of fun. Like I still love it, but in terms of horror, I have to put I have to rank it last. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to agree. Um, and let me just say this really quick: all five of these are five of the best movies that I've seen. I absolutely adore them. They are amazing and wonderful. And just because we're ranking one of them number five does not mean that it is a bad movie or a bad show. Like your Christmas needs to involve watching all five of these. Every single year, they are all amazing. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's not like, this one's the worst. It's just, eh, especially if you're looking at it from a horror aspect. Yeah, Blackadder, so much comedy, and it is hilarious, and I absolutely love it, but it doesn't quite have as many frights. What about number four? Man, this is tough. Like, right. really, <laughs> if we're judging it based on horror, it's rough, dude, because they're all really... I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I hate to put it so low because this is probably my favorite of all of these movies. 
But if we have to judge solely on horror, I'm going to put Muppet Christmas Carol at number four. I love this movie. It is absolutely my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. Michael Caine is my favorite. Ebenezer Scrooge. Love it. It's not super scary. I mean, the end of it's pretty scary. Like, the last Muppet is super creepy, but at least compared to these other ones, like, it's it doesn't quite have as much of an edge to it, even though again, gosh, the ghost of Christmas (laughs) past is so creepy. Oh man. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to stick with Muppet Christmas Carol. All right. I'm going with Mickey's Christmas Carol, even though not Bluto is terrifying, especially when you think like he's the devil smoking a cigar, sending Scrooge into a fiery pit of hell. That's such a short scene because it's only like a 30 minute show. Yeah. Um, and because it is Disney, and so like they couldn't terrify you too much, even though that scene is terrifying. And I do love it. It's great. It's a really fun one to watch. It might traumatize your kids, and yeah. especially because this would be one of the few that you would show to your kid. Actually, no, all, all of them are mostly kid-friendly, I think except so, for yeah. the Ghost of Christmas yet to come, regardless. Scrooge isn't very kid-friendly. Uh, it's teenager-friendly. I'd say yeah. by the time you're 13, you can watch yeah. it. Um. Yeah, even though I think that not Bluto is terrifying and the little fiery pit of hell is a bit too like, wow, you're actually showing that? It doesn't last long enough to really drive home the horriness of it. You know what? You're right. I changed my answer. You can't change your answer. It's too bad. All right, fine. Change Number four is, is, well, okay. <laughs> Are we just going to agree on this list? Yeah, probably going to totally agree. I, I'm, I'm going to move Mickey down because it's really only the one ghost that's terrifying. Whereas with Muppet Christmas Carol, you get those super creepy, that, that ghost of Christmas, Christmas present or Christmas past. <laughs> right. Puts it over the edge where that one's really creepy. And then so is the ghost of Christmas yet to come. It's still very traditional, so it's not quite as scary, but with two ghosts being terrifying rather than just the one. Yeah, I think I'm going to move. I think I'm going to move it up. I I really hate to put Muppets at number 3, but I think I'm going to have to as well for those same reasons. Yeah. If you're just looking at the horror aspect, Ghost of Christmas yet to come is creepy. The Ghost of Christmas Past is kind of unsettling. The emotional drain of seeing Scrooge and um not Mrs. Scrooge walk away from him. <laughs> that is heartbreaking. And and again, it is one of, if not the best version of Christmas Carol. It is my favorite Christmas movie by far. I have to watch it every year. In terms of horror, it's it's Muppets. I it, it's not going as as high. So yeah. I think I'm gonna have to put that in number three as well. Yep. So number two. Num- number two is Scrooged. Because while I think that in terms of the effects, it really leans into the horror more than anything else, it's still, I mean, it's really only Marley and the Ghost of Christmas yet to come that I think are like truly scary. I think Ghost of Christmas Past is leaning into the horror of it. I mean, a little bit, but he's still kind of just like a goofy, he almost is like a cokehead or something cokehead taxi driver like he's still creepy but it's not like it's more creepy like i wouldn't want to share a subway with this guy like sit next to this guy on the subway sure whereas like the other ones i think are just more terrifying 
the other like scary ghosts. But anyway, Scrooge has some great effects. Like I love the Marley stuff. It's really, really effective. And gosh, just I don't even understand what's happening with the Ghost of Christmas yet to come with the heads inside <laughs> it. God, it's weird. And there's just like he finds the dead guy in the sewer at the one at one point, and it's super. It's very dark. Uh huh. But it's also very funny, and that really lightens lightens a lot of the dark stuff in it. Like it's. I don't know. It's just not quite as scary for me as... So my number two and number one are switched from yours. So go ahead and talk about why you have Scrooge with Seymour Hicks as your number one. Because I think that it... Part of it, I think, is just because it is an older film. There is just something like... Most of the older films I've watched are or horror movies like Nosferatu <laughs> sure. and Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and stuff like that. So like, there's just something kind of inherently creepy about movies made in 1935 and just like that kind of older film stock and um, just the fact that it's black and white. Um, I think that just the way that they depict Marley and that you can't see him and that like you can just hear him just trying to imagine what Scrooge is seeing and like the fact that, I don't know, just the way that they present the... Uh, the light and how it has that silhouette is just super creepy. And then again, the fact that the ghost of Christmas yet to come is all shadow yeah, and could kind of be anywhere. And I don't know. It's mostly, it's just the cinematography and the way it's shot is just, it's brilliant and it's creepy and it, it maintains that sense of dread throughout the entire movie, even with the ghost of Christmas present a little bit. I think like you just, there's just this building sense of, of dread throughout most of the film to the point where you completely understand why Scrooge was scared into being a good person. Right. More than just about any of the other ones, I think. So even though I think that Scrooge is an amazing movie and I love, uh, I love Cratchit in it. Like he's so spindly, but also so happy because of his family. Mm. And, And it is, it is a really solid movie. It is an amazing version of Christmas Carol. I'm putting it at number two. I, I think that everything that you said about it is completely accurate. And uh, I don't really have anything else to add about like why it's high on my list, at least higher than the other ones. Except I'm going to put Scrooged with Bill Murray as number one, even though it leans into the comedy. Um, you do have the weird cabbie who is supposed to be kind of creepy. You have the very violent ghost of Christmas present. You have the terrifying Christmas future with the weird puppet things inside of it. You have the dead guy in the sewer. You have um, um, Bobcat Goldthwait with a shotgun. You have Marley as a zombie. But one of the things about it that, oh, and I almost forgot, you have the scene where he's in his office and the ghost of future yet to come is coming out of the TVs. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, the new version of It, I am positive straight up stole <laughs> the thing with Pennywise That's from really that. really funny. So that is terrifying. But I think the thing that I think part of the reason that I'm putting it uh, the highest is for one, I think that they very intentionally leaned into the horror of it and like made it for people who do appreciate some of those scary aspects. Yeah. And I mean, come on, you have Bill Murray inside of a flaming casket. But the thing that's the scariest about it is there is the reference to a Christmas carol in the movie. So this is a world in which a Christmas carol is a thing that everybody knows. Bill Murray's character 
even knowing exactly what happens in a Christmas Carol, did not learn from that. And he is a bad person in spite of already having this morality to him. So to me, like it's leaning even heavier into like, you know that if you are a bad person, like you're a terrible person and horrible things are going to happen to you, but you're still going to do this. You're still going to be selfish. Did you not learn anything from a Christmas Carol? How can you be such a horrible person? And he is. Yeah. So I think that that's maybe why the ghosts need to like up their ante a little bit more. And like, I, I think of that in terms of, like I almost think of that in terms of that's how we get something like Krampus where people weren't learning from the ghosts yeah, and they weren't learning from watching the ghosts and they weren't learning from watching Scrooge watching the ghosts. Like there's just been too many of like, well, we need to show them what good they had in their life to try to get them to change. It's almost like it got to a point where Krampus is like, no, screw that man. <laughs> You're boned. You're coming with me. That's uh, that's why I'm putting it the the top. I, I I totally get that. It's fine if you disagree. I totally get it. I just feel like we exist in a world full of stories of morality and so many people do not heed any of them. Exactly. Because the stories are supposed <laughs> to be there to get us to be better people and to not listen to them. Uh, it makes us horrible. But True. Uh, you know what? I I think that we have a uh, very special message for someone from from someone to teach us about the true meaning of Christmas. Here's your friend and mine, William. Oh, <gasps> William's here. William is totally oh, here. Oh man, take it away, William. Season's greetings. It's me, William. This is my favorite time of year. Lots of eggnog to guzzle down as I jingle a few bells. <laughs> but most of all, the holidays are a time for generosity. It's like my grandma and grandma always said. It's better to give than to receive. So this holiday season, remember to give. And to never forget your William. You know, he really is right. It it really is better to give than to receive. Isn't it? I mean, that's kind of the whole meaning of Christmas. You you, you, you got to be giving. Oh, shit. What? Uh, speaking of giving, I have not done any Christmas shopping yet. Oh, come on. We are I, X number of days before Christmas, depending on when this episode comes out. I, I, I got to go. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I just have to go. I, I, I'll be back. All right. Go. I, I've got shopping to do. I, I'll be back. Ho- hopefully some of the stores will be open. 